A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia. When you feel depressed, what can you do? If we have friends and family members who are depressed, what can we say to them to show support instead of making them feel worse? Today, we have Zach, who is a personal trainer, a nutrition specialist, and a clinical therapist candidate. With his professional knowledge and his own personal journey of coping with depression, he will share with us some very practical tips. How to deal with mood disorders? How to deal with the downtime in our lives? Hello, Zach. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I know you have experienced、uh, your own journey of dealing with depression, with mood. Disturbance. So,、uh, before we talk about that in more details, how about you introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. My name is Zach Rutledge. I'm a I'm a certified personal trainer, a, a fitness nutrition specialist.、Um, I'm actually a brain health trainer through the Functional Aging Institute.、Uh, I have a black belt in karate. I'm finishing up my yoga teacher training <laughs> in, in about a month. Yeah, there's there's quite a few irons in the fire still too. So yeah. That's my very brief background. Well, that's cool. You've been doing quite different things, and a lot of things I know people have been. Other people have are trying to improve themselves. Yeah, it's.、Uh, I don't know if it's a good thing, but I have a tough time sitting still. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you make best use of that, right? Depends on how we how we perceive those things.、And、There you go. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Great. So、um, I I know you you wrote a book actually, which is a wonderful book talking about coping with depression. So how about uh, uh, what what made you think about writing a book like that? Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> so yeah, so I wrote a book called a、uh, the official depression relief playbook, and I wrote it. It was basically because of.、Uh, Covid is what started it, but it was really organic. I didn't sit down and decide I'm going to write a book one day. It was my. I went to grad school in D.C. a few years ago, and when I was there, some people were having a tough time, and they knew my past. They knew I had gone through depression before, and they were asking me for some tips. So what happened was I met with them and I gave them some tips, and then they forgot. So I wrote an email for them. I, I, it was about three people. I would write emails for them, and I'd send it to, "Hey guys, this is what we talked about." So, cut to you know years later, COVID was was going on, and I had kind of the same thing going on. People were reaching out to me, asking me like, "Hey, this is a tough time. What what did what were you doing?" So, I was actually going through some of my old emails, and I joked I should just write a book. And one thing led to another, and I was like, "You know what? It actually would be easier to write a book." So, I, I wrote the book, and、um, that was almost a year ago already. Yeah. Oh, great! So people really reach out to you, looking for suggestions, wanting to learn from your own experience. Well, a lot of it too, to be honest, was when I was doing the、um, not just the personal training, but the nutrition training.、Uh, 
uh, I would do that through Zoom because of because we were in uh, quarantine. And they would call me to talk about their diets, and we weren't talking about food. A lot of it was was emotional stuff. So I figured it, I um, it would also make sense to kind of get these things into writing to give these to those clients as well because everybody was struggling, of course, with the, with the pandemic going on. So um, that was another big one. It was just the, the clients who were, who were just asking for it. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. I think that's a great idea to drop down all those things, put them into a book. And your book is very easy to read. There's a lot of like very practical chapters and uh, uh, share the information, what you know of, what helped you, which may be very helpful to other people. I saw those reviews under your book on Amazon. Seems like people liking that book. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Luckily, they are. Yeah, that's a good point because... Back when I was reading a lot of books about depression, a lot of them came from like the academic side or they came from a mindset side, which is fine. That's all great. But I'm the type of person who needs something to do. I need something actionable. And that's what I was when I was giving my advice. I was giving people things to do. And I also at the same time, you know, you said it's short. I wanted to keep it short on purpose because the last thing I wanted to do when I was in my deepest depression, was go through 350 pages for a couple of good ideas. So I made it as tight as I could, really. And I made it, you know, pound for pound, the most punch that I could come up with. So yeah, thank you for noticing that. <laughs> yeah. So give, give us some practical tips then. You are very experienced. You talk to a lot of people. I know a lot of people when they are depressed, first there's not a lot of motivation to really read a lot of things, try a lot of things. And you mentioned some of your clients, right? Coming for food, for diet kind of service, but end up talking about emotion. So do you think there's a link first between nutrition, diet, food, and emotion? Absolutely. I say this in the book, but depression, it doesn't have one specific cause. And it doesn't have one specific flavor is what I say in the book. I call it different flavors. So it's not like one thing. It's not like my depression would be the same as yours or the same as someone else's, right? And I've actually gone through all different types of depression is, is, is the way I describe it. And they're all not from one cause. So some causes, believe it or not, could be a gut issue. You actually create the, the vast majority of your serotonin in your gut, way more in your gut than you do in your brain. So if you have chronic inflammation going on, that's obviously going to play, play a role in here. One thing I, I would really like people to do is actually get, if, if they're experiencing depression and they can't quite put their finger on it, or even if they can, if, if there are certain like traumatic events like I had, it never hurts to get like a, um, uh, an allergy test or an intolerance test where they do the, the, the pinpricks in your back. So that's one of the things I recommend because you can see if there are certain foods that don't agree with you or, and are ending in chronic inflammation, that's not going to do you any favors. So, I mean, like I know if I have a, a glass of milk, it's not going to end well, right? So other people, I feel like if, if they don't have that, uh, if they're not that aware, it could absolutely be playing a role. Yeah. So know what our body likes, what our body don't likes, just uh, from the source of the food that we have. Absolutely. To absolutely. And it sounds lazy to say everybody's different, but, it, it, but it's true. Everyone is different. And we, we, we process foods in different ways. So yeah, absolutely. Considering all that serotonin is, is created in your gut, you know, of course, that's going to play a role. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like this because it's it's connect to what we always talk about in psychology is that the self awareness piece, right? Yeah. When I work with clients about to to treat mood disorders. A lot of the work is to improve this sense of self awareness, mm. not only to your thoughts, to your emotions, but based on what you talk about, also be aware of our own body, our own physical signals. Of course. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I have a quick story for you. So I am five foot nine and 170 pounds, which is nothing to talk about. It's, you know, somewhere in the middle, I guess. Right. And I'm a personal trainer. So I, I work out a lot. I'm working out six days a week. So it's not really a whole lot of fat on me. And that's just how I'm built. So 170 pounds now cut to my deepest depression. I was still five foot nine, but I was 124 pounds. So I was almost 50 pounds lighter. If I got sick, this is how my doctor phrased it. If I got sick, there was nowhere to go. It was dangerous. And I was getting sick. You know, I was getting a lot of colds. I had a, a bad bout of, of the flu because my immune system was so run down. You know, we're talking about uh, mind-body connection here. One thing that really helped my mind, believe it or not, was it was almost like one of the first steps I took was I started lifting weights because I was so light. And my doctor was like, hey, you got to start, you know, they're putting some weight on this. This isn't going to work for you. I started lifting weights. I, I just assumed I was going to be skin and bones. I figured that was just my, my lot in life. Right. But then once I started putting on muscle and I could see the scale going up to 135, then 145, and I could see the muscle packing on my body, something clicked. I said, oh, I have control over this. Maybe I don't have to have this mindset and other things. Maybe I have control over that too. And maybe it's not, it's not just a, um, something that happens to me. I can co-create my reality, right? And it's not like I have control over my food like an anorexic, you know, because they feel like they have that control there. It's I have control and it's actually building, right? I'm, I'm building towards something positive. That was the first mental click. Even though it was physical, it was my first mental click into, wow, I can, I can do something about this. Wow, wonderful. So that sounds quite empowering, actually. A lot of time I know when people are depressed, when we are not feeling well, we are waiting until we feel better. So maybe later we can do something. Right. But you, you are realizing in the process, before you feel better, you can do something to co-create. I like that, co-create your reality. And that's important that you said that too, right? Because you can't just wait for it to happen. And then I have a whole chapter on this. And if anyone wants that chapter, they can email me and I'm, I'm sure we'll get my contact later, but they can email me and I'll send them that chapter on the mindset on just how to get them started on this. Because yeah, like you said, you can't just wait for it to come to you. You're the co-creator of your own reality. People don't want to hear it. It's just like when I'm in personal training, they don't want to hear it, but they have to put the work in. One thing isn't going to cure it. There is no, just like there's not one cause, there is not one solution when it comes to depression. And you've got to put the work into these different domains in order to really lift yourself up to that next level. Yeah. People don't like to listen to me either, even though I'm <laughs> a psychologist, right? And why all people who are depressed, hey, get up, get out, move. They're right. <laughs> so it's, it's challenging, it's hard, but I'm happy you were able to do that. And in the process, you got this positive reward. You realize, huh, this is actually working. This is helpful. So I can do it more. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a very lucky thing. And in a way it was luck because it was kind of a journey on my own. I just ended up, I, I play in bands and I ended up playing in a band with guys who liked to lift weights and they talked me into it. So it was really by luck that I, that I fell into that. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing leads to another. I think yeah. when you talk about that, when you talk to it to different people, you will get different information. In sometime, you know, you get inspired. Um, yeah. You want to try something, so that's wonderful. Now we know there's something about uh, bodybuilding, all this like uh, habits we can do to help with mood. Uh, I'm w- wondering in your own journey or when you wrote the book, is there anything sleep related that you have experienced, you know, in your journey of coping with depression? Yeah. So I have two. Okay. So my first one was at my deepest, I was about 20 years old at the time. I was both drained, absolutely drained, and restless at the same time. So I went for a couple months where I didn't feel awake and I didn't feel asleep. It was just a constant tossing and turning in my room where I had a tough time getting out of bed. I had a tough time staying in bed. So that's a very common side effect when it comes to the deeper stages of depression, almost like insomnia coupled with uh, lethargy, right? Of course, the working out helped and, and all these other things I eventually put together, these kind of small steps, when I put those all together, that eventually helped my sleep. Now, here's an important thing, though, and I feel like this is important to talk about for several reasons. One of my last things that I did was I started taking an SNRI, okay? So that, that's an antidepressant. And, I, and that was for several reasons. One is I, I have a small nerve issue, and that helped with pain. They actually give SNRIs to people with fibromyalgia. So that would just, you know, another reason for me to take it and help with some of my nerve pain. Regardless, my first few weeks on that, I went with very little sleep. I had a very, very hard time sleeping. I know a lot of people who think they're depressed. They start their antidepressants, and they say, oh, no, I didn't like the way it made me feel, so I stopped taking it. And I said, okay, well, how long did you take it? And they'll say, three days. And I'll say, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay? So, yeah, you may have trouble sleeping. That's a side effect, right? It took me a couple of weeks to get over that, and that's just what it is. And then eventually, the next month, it was a lot easier. I was sleeping better. Month after that, I was sleeping even better. Eventually, that all went away. My body adjusted. So that's a normal thing. Right? That's, a, that's a very common side effect if you start taking medication is you're going to feel like you're missing out on sleep. Okay. However, that will change. It was also strange too, right? When I would take it, I'm just realizing this now, when I would take it, I would get very, very tired after I took my pill. <laughs> right? Strange, right? So I'd fall asleep easily, but I wouldn't stay asleep. So there will, I, would, I don't, I don't want to say there will be sleep issues, but it's very common to have sleep issues. Okay. But once your body adjusts, your body is very smart. Once your body adjusts, more than likely, your sleep patterns will return to normal. So I feel like that's an important thing for people to know if they're thinking about taking medication so they don't quit too early. Yeah, I think that's an important message for people to know. I think not only medication. If people are trying any kind of method, to coping method to help themselves, there may be some change in their different you know, aspects of life and sleep often well of that. Even they don't, people don't take medication. I think uh, the symptom of depression come with some sleep disturbance, right? Yeah. We try to cope with it. Of course, things are going to change again. Based on what you said, not only the brain, uh, not only the body is adjusting, I think the brain is adjusting as well. Try to understand what's going on, what this change means. Should I, should I be worried, right? Should I uh, like stop the medication or stop what I'm trying immediately. So um, I, I like the message. I, I also think that's important for people to know any method, 
any coping strategy, including medication. Give it several weeks try. Give it several months try to really get used to it and understand whether this coping mechanism really working for you, right? Don't, don't just quit right there. I often tell people when they try psychological methods, don't do this exercise just for one, for one day and tell me it's not helping. Try it at least for two. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's the same thing, right? Yeah, good point. Yeah, so it sounds like you yourself in the journey, you experience some change in sleep with the medication, but you did not give up the medication. And eventually, it sounds like the medication really benefits you, at least in your own experience. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Yes. So any other, you know, very important messages about coping with depression that you think our listeners should know of? Oh, I could go on. Uh, there, there, there are plenty. But I will, I will say this, which tends to fly under the radar. You have to practice forgiveness. And of course, you want to practice forgiveness with yourself, right? Because it's almost like someone else is steering your brain or like your brain is controlling your mind. Just as important, you have to forgive other people because if those people aren't depressed, they're not going to know what you're going through and they can't know what you're going through. So they will say some stupid things. I've had people say to me really, really dumb things throughout my journey, right? But I have to practice that forgiveness because they can't know. They don't know any better. Oh, talking about this, I think this is important because a lot of people, uh, I think when they are in the journey of depression themselves, they don't like certain things uh, family, friends say to them. But on the other hand, I think family, friends don't know what to say to exactly. show support, right? So often I see good intention come out with very discouraging <laughs> words. Uh, so tell, can you share some with us? What are yeah triggering bad things that you have heard people should avoid seeing? Well, the big one, and I would get this a lot, was it could be worse. People would say it could be worse. And I think what they were trying to say, in hindsight, is um, practice gratitude. I think that's what they were essentially trying to say. But what I saw was, you mean it can be worse than this? I was already feeling awful. And you're telling me you can get worse than this? That just felt like it was a harder journey, right? So what I would wanted them to say was it can be better, right? You don't have to be down here. You have some control and it can be better. That's what I would have wanted to hear. But they weren't able, they, they didn't have the insight at the time. You know, they were trying to just, they were trying to help in their own way. Another one, this is common, especially for men is, um, you know, man up or, uh, or snap out of it you know, that kind of thing. They, they mean it from a place, you know, they're trying the whole tough love approach, uh, but they don't understand how, how you're taking it. So yeah, it's important to practice that, that forgiveness, right? And understand that they can't understand. Ah, so our listeners, if you have any friends, families are struggling with depression, you know, uh, try to avoid those things, not overly comfort them. Uh, see, you know, it's not too bad right now. <laughs> I think people need some hope. You know, it will get better. And also, don't be too tough, right? That, because all those sounds like invalidation. 
seems like, oh, what I'm experiencing is not that important to you. It's like, you just don't understand me. I think for people who are struggling with any emotional difficulties in the process of that, listening to those just feels like you don't understand me. I don't want to talk to you, right? You're not supporting me. I'm withdrawing. I, I just going to isolate myself. That's going to be even worse. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And this man up, those kind of words seems like so common. I also know a lot of people would say, uh, why you're depressed? Everything is good in your life, right? What are you, you going to worry about? Um, don't understand why you are depressed. A lot of people, even I think because family, friends around them all say that, a lot of people come into therapy asking, why am I depressed? They are trying to figure out the reason why, and then they think that can help them get out of it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And for me, it was, you know, you know, I had to drop out of college. And I figured, okay, once I graduate college, then I'll feel, I'll get over this hump, right? And then it was like, oh, well, once I, maybe if I graduate with honors, then I'll feel better. Maybe once I get a, once I get a master's degree, then I'll feel better. Once I'm a personal trainer, then I'll feel better. And it wasn't, it wasn't the external things. I had to turn the arrows inward. I had to work, uh, you know, on, on the internal things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's, I see that quite a lot. People always think next achievement, next goal in life. I achieve more outside uh, and then I will be happier. Or right now, it does not matter how I feel. When I reach a certain goal, that's the time I will feel great. But normally that won't last even seconds. Quickly, they have next goal. So later they look bad. They never feel really happy. They just keep on running, running, nonstop. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. So what inspire you? What motivate you eventually be able to say, hey, none of this really matter or these are not the right paths for me? I have to look inward. What what make you start changing this direction? Believe it or not, in a strange way, and I can't put my finger on exactly what it was or how it happened, but it was working with clients directly when it came to just the personal training. Maybe it was just I knew the good advice, and when I was telling them, maybe it was myself hearing it back. You know, hearing hearing. It wasn't like some piece of paper or it wasn't like a, a clear line goal. It was just trying to help other people. And through that communication and through that, um, you know, intent, something, something clicked inside me and I, and I can't put my finger on it. But that was that was the moment. Wonderful. Sometimes, you know, when we try to help other people and try to um, we, we listen to a lot of other people's talking, there is a way of I think that's another method of reflection. A lot yeah. of times, some people don't have the time or space to reflect on their oh. own, right? But when we interact with other people, it's a learning experience, it's a communication, it's also reflection both yeah. from both parties. So that can be powerful sometimes. Yeah, yeah, great point. That's so cool. So how long did you, um, you know, look inward and uh, understand all that. And uh, for for your own depression journey, how long did you took you to recover? Ten years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, ten years. So that's the whole point of the book, right? Is I want to 
I want to take all these things I learned from martial arts and training and yoga and whatever else. I want to, I want to compress all of this and put it on the bedstand of the person who's going through the tough time. That's really my goal. It's also, you know, I'd love for this to be a, a gift for someone because a lot of time when you have depression, you're not out there seeking out the help. So I would like for this to be something that can be given to someone say, hey, look, these are things that you can do. And just, you know, even if it's just something that they look at a little later, I want this, I want this to be the guide, you know, make them, maybe let them uh, feel a little less alone. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think this is going to be a really great resource. So if our audience, you know, listening to our uh, episode, they really want to read more about your book or uh, want to get in touch with you, how can they find you? The best way to find me is just to email me. So it's zachsrutledge at gmail.com. And I'm, and I'm happy to talk to anyone. And like I said before, if they want a free chapter, email me and I'm happy to send it to them to see if this, this resonates with them. Great. I will put our email address, the book link, all on the show notes. Thank you. So, yeah. Zach, at the end of the show, any last wisdom you want to share with our audience? If you know anyone who has depression, I, I think one of the best practical things to do, because a lot of the time words can fall short, and it sounds silly, but I believe in it. Ask them to come to a yoga class with you. Say, hey, I'm a little nervous to do this on my own. Would you come with me? Because yoga is going to get you physically moving. You're learning new things. You've got the meditation built in, and you've got these social aspects and you're not, there's not a lot of mean people in yoga, right? You're going to be around nice people. So <laughs> if you can get them out to a yoga class, I think if, if I could go back in time, I think that would have been one of the big things that would have helped me. Yeah, yeah that's wonderful. Yes, yoga is very gentle and slow, non-threatening. I also like the way you mentioned how to invite a friend over. Sometimes yeah. if, if we have a friend who's struggling with depression, don't tell them, hey, looks like you're not feeling well. Come with me, right? Some people may do that, may work with someone, may not. But if we say, hey, I, I don't want to go by myself. Do you want to come with me? Give me company. Sometimes right. Very gentle approach. Don't make them feel like they are sick. Right, exactly. And they're, they're going to feel good on top of it because they're doing you a favor. So it's... Yeah, that's if I can give one piece of advice, that's what it would be. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, thank you very much, Zach. This is very interesting and inspiring. Hopefully, it can um, inspire and encourage a lot of our audience to, you know, cope with life, cope with emotions better. I hope so. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real honor. Thank you. So, what is one thing you have got from today's conversation? Let me know. If you want to know more about Zach's book, you can check it out on Amazon, the official depression relief playbook. I will add all the information on the show notes at deepintosleep.co. At the end, just want to add another short announcement that my clinic has created a bunch of online courses, including sleep coaching course, relationship coaching course, sex coaching course, all in Chinese. So if you have any need, please feel free to check it out at mindbodygarden.com slash course. 
because there's a huge need for my CBT for insomnia group. So I'm in the process of making it a self-paced online course as well. It will be a combination of self-paced course and live Q&A. So I can do some individual coaching in the process of the CBTI group. After it's formally launched, I will announce it here in the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Yishan. Thank you for listening. I will see you next time. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently. And there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who are struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia.